0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Breakfast with Gary and Tim.
2: Great to have you with us this morning. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, one of the absolute genuine superstars of the competition, is going to join us. It's uh, Geelong Membership Day. Do we work out what the... Is there a deal from Geelong? Just a general membership though for the cats at the moment. Over here for Kogan Money Credit Card. We're packed full of value and Melbourne Airport Parking now offering value, terminal and premium parking. We threw it out there just before seven o'clock. What makes you happy? Mm. There's some, some basic things. Um, well, that's the key to a successful, happy life. Big dirty burger or a pizza after the footy makes me happy. Mm. Um, St Kilda win a game, that makes me happy. Um, I'm off to a couple of gigs in Melbourne in a few weeks, that'll make me happy. Uh, what else, Whispers? I know. Flushing I, your drive off the foot. Now, this, I yep, relate to this.
1: That noise, that you sound.
2: smack your first drive on the first tee, that makes uh, old uh, Nathan happy.
1: You you love getting on your, your right armour. Yep. That makes you happy, doesn't and, it? Indeed. Chopping it? wood makes you happy. Yep, yep, uh, all that. Yep. And uh, I've noticed in you too, uh, cooking makes you happy. You yeah, like to do yeah, a bit like of
2: cooking to. now, don't you? Yeah, I do. My, my word. Uh, the rabbit hole makes me happy. This is Matt. Um, Gary's got to speak into the microphone. I Thank you, Matt. Uh, I'll do my best today when we go and record the rabbit hole after the program.
1: You are going to tell a story uh, this morning that I'm very much looking forward to when we do the Rabbit Hole too, because it's something that uh, you and I have been talking about for many years. The time that you hosted the Today program on Channel Nine that morning, <laughs> we got
2: to get you can get, get that podcast where you get all your good podcasts, and or you can go to our Twitter, go to our social pages, you'll find the Rabbit Hole.
1: Hey, I want to play you something we played on our News Channel Seven. Oh, just quickly, I take Rob's call in Werribee. Good morning, Rob. How you going, Chris? Yeah, I'm going okay. What uh-huh. makes you happy, Rob?
3: I don't know. It's just the ritual of going to the G, knowing I'm going to a game, I'll park at the Royal Botanical Gardens, a walk through, just getting to the G. It's more euphoric than happy. You get to that first game, yep. you know you're going to watch something good, whether your team wins or loses, just something about being at the MCG.
1: There you go. Is that built-up happiness, Rob? How, how often do you think about this moment that you're going to go back to the MCG, all summer long?
3: I'll think about it for weeks, for weeks. As soon as I know when the first bounce is you know, Richmond Carlton game. I'll oh, know. I'll be happy all the way up to that point, and I'll get goosebumps as soon as I walk onto the grounds. There's just nothing like it.
2: Rob, oh, well, that's a great call. That is a great call, and that's what hopefully we're all looking forward to. Um, I'm not sure whether you're for the Cats. Maybe 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. You can get in 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just 98 bucks. Visit
1: clubmandalay.com.au. I want to play. This is what uh, Bevo, we spoke to Bevo yesterday. It was good to have a chat with him. But uh, they launched their season the night before. So on uh, Tuesday, Monday Monday night they launched their season. This is what he had to say about the Bulldogs and what he was trying to create there this season.
3: In a back-to-the-future sort of way, ensuring that Marvel Stadium, Mars Stadium, the NCG and our longer hall venues all become slaughterhouses and we walk as walk away with as many opposition hides as possible.
1: What do you think of that?
2: He, every year he comes up with a theme. Yeah. And the
1: Figuratively key, speaking, no. The key to that was he house. said back
2: to the f- in a mm. back to the future. Yep. So he's going back to the days of um, you know the good, well not the good old days, but he had some context around it. That's right, and you the think-
1: and the connection that you know uh, Footscray had you know with its people and that type of thing. I mean, he was talking about that. So um, he's put it out there that that's what they want to do. Not not figuratively speaking, they don't want to turn it into a slaughterhouse, but they want yeah they want all that passion and they want, want all that aggression and they want it uncomfortable for the opposition and they want it to be uncomfortable for the opposition yes well,
2: yeah. i didn't get did i get out of you yesterday where you've got them
1: no you didn't no i still haven't done that i'll be doing that uh, tomorrow's program i'll be giving my top eight as you will be too which clearly this... you dodge this every year you dodge this and well... tomorrow tomorrow we're going to nail you down okay <laughs> for your top eight
2: Mitch Cleary, this disappointed me. This is one of the more disappointing um, reports so far for the year for me. Mitch Cleary, very good news reporter, on your program last night, on right. your news last night, reported that Toby Green has been in Melbourne this week mm. seeking out a mentor um, to discuss captaincy and how to be a standalone captain. You, as the regular listeners of the program would be well aware, mm. have been his uh, pen pal since the state of origin days when Damien Hardwick got former state players to write letters to mm. their to the current day player. You had Toby. You claimed to have struck up a very meaningful uh, relationship with him. Mm. So when I read this, I thought, hello, he's he's caught up with a wisp mm. to talk about captaincy. Mm. No, he caught up with Trent Cotchin.
1: Well, what you don't know is that he caught up with me first. And I said, look, Probably better to talk to a contemporary of yours, oh. and I suggested that he go to Rich, he goes to Richmond and speak to Trent Cochin. Right. so that, I'm glad that he followed up on my advice. That makes more sense. Well, well I think that's great. When, you know, did there's you, a connection. when did you meet with him? There's an obvious connection there. The Richmond connection, you've got Kingsley, who's been there, who's his current day coach, Toby Green I'm talking about. He was at Richmond. So he would have had a great relationship, one would think. Well, he may not have been aware of your relationship. No, of course not. Uh, With Trent Cochin. So he'd be saying, okay, well, you know, this bloke started here and this is where he ended up. Maybe you can short circuit the whole thing and get some information from Trent about leadership and what it was that he thought was important, how he went about it. Because he just turned himself around completely in the way that he played. Ted um, oh, yes, he became a great great he was a great player before he became a leader, but then he became an even more important player and productive player because of the way that he overlapped his play with his leadership or he, the other way around. So, he was he was a great leader. And I'm sure that he's got great insights as to what you need to do to be a great leader in modern-day football.
2: You asked a very uh, well-answered because I was disappointed at that, but I'm glad to hear that he caught up with you first because that relationship is one that – I love that relationship. It's ongoing. The
1: two of you have. It's ongoing. And uh, I think it's going to be even more meaningful when he's no longer playing because then you've got time to sort of explore your friendships and things like that. So I see the pair of us doing a lot of touring overseas and stuff like that down the track.
2: (laughs) You asked a very simple question to one of our production staff, a young man who mm. loves his footy. You said, what do you think of the game? Do you
1: still love going and watching footy? Mm. But did you get the response that you expected? No, I didn't. I didn't because sometimes I think you know you and I talk about the game and we might be a little bit jaded because we've watched so much football and we still watch a lot of football. Well, it's a bit
2: more. It's like a business. It's yeah?
1: more. Well, it's your job as well, right? Yeah. So just the just the enjoyment part of it um, yeah. is different for us. But so I asked this young person. I said, "What did you think?" And he said, "Oh no, I rarely – I rarely watch a game right through to the end, particularly the night games. And even when I'm sitting there watching the football, I've generally got a phone in my hand and I'm engaged in other things along the way too. I, I, I think though that – I think we get a lot of footy fatigue because we see so much football over every game we can effectively watch on TV yep. or some device that we might have. So I think that that influences you – know, like if we if, if somebody said there's just one game every weekend that you can watch – then there'd be a lot more excitement about every game that you get to see. But because we do all watch so much football across the weekend, I think it dilutes our enjoyment a little bit. Do you think that's consistent? Because yeah,
2: Foxdale's opening round of the NRL just blew their figures through the roof. Yeah. Right. So they're up 17%. They mm. had 567,000 viewers for that Dolphins game. Mm. The Sharks and the Rabbits, the Bunnies, 630,000 viewers. Most viewers in Fox Sports history for an NRL game. Yeah. I mean, their game seems to be – are you expecting the same outpouring from our supporter base when the footy kicks off yeah, I Thursday think, night? Yeah,
1: I, I think I, we can almost expect that for round one because of the way that it's been scheduled. You look at the games. Round you know, you've got two big – Melbourne club's opening, Richmond Carlton. Then you've got Geelong and you've got Collingwood playing against each other. You've got Essendon playing against Hawthorne, although it's unsure as to how many people might be at that game on Sunday. But you've you've got big games. I mean, it's been set up that way. So there would be an expectation that the first round of AFL football is going to draw a huge audience. I think the first month. If you ever
2: look mm. at the first month, right up. Well, yeah, the continue on. That's yeah. it's heavily front end loaded. I mean, and the competition is so intense. When you do your top eight tomorrow, you'll you'll work out how hard it is.
1: Is there a competition? Do you think? Between the NRL, do you think they look at the AFL and think, okay, well, well, let's go a little bit earlier, let's try and gain the headlines before they start their season, or do you think no, it's got well, nothing to do with the code rivalry? History tells me that I'm not history.
2: It, they've always been an early starter, haven't they? The NRL have always started before the AFL, always, but
1: not this year. Two two weeks before us, and would have been three had we not. Because we've come back a yeah, week, yeah, we've come back of a the week around. Bo- yeah. yeah,
2: maybe, maybe push ahead, looking at it, going right, oh, hey, let's just steal a march on these boys. But their game's in ripping shape. Mm. Their their game is in such great shape now that they've got another genuine, well, a Queensland team up there that hopefully for them is going to be competitive, like the Dolphins.
1: Are you saying though that going back last season that their game is on the rise in terms of the audience participation too, the fan base and people watching the game? Oh, or the, is this those just numbers this were just from
2: the weekend? That was just from. Like yeah. The last
1: weekend season opener. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's a, that's an outrider, isn't it? What happened last weekend because there was nothing else on. Like, they've got sort of like a free hit at all the, all the sports fans out there. There's not a lot of competition for their eyeballs. Um, oh, yeah. It's, there was a bit of, there was big racing on last yeah, weekend. Yeah, but that's not the same. I mean, that doesn't compete with the same numbers as a football code would. Fair enough. And, and Mick, the Lions, can I just ask you a question about the Lions? Oh, can you hold it? Yeah, they've got, they got, they got a massive leadership. I know, group.
2: I want you to hold that for a because Mick's been on the line, been waiting for a while. G'day, Mick.
1: Good morning, boys. How are you?
2: Good, thank you.
0: Um, and uh, four things, if I could very quickly. One first is, um, there are certain players in the league that your team plays against you just can't help liking and admire. Really? There's others you dislike immensely. Michael Tucky's one for example back in the day, Robbie Flowers another. I don't think you boys fit into that category for me, even though I'm a Collingwood supporter. Always admired your play when you did play. Remember one game team with you back in eighty eight, what oh. round I think you kicked three or four goals, you're amazing. Hello. Gary, around nine. 96, with you, um, Melbourne Compass and you played so well. So I admire you both for that.
2: Oh, you, for uh, Tim was going to cut you off there, Mick, but I said, no, nope, let him go. I think he's got some good things to say here. Keep going. Um, Secondly,
0: to, to do with the gather round, I'm not sure if they still do it, but back in the day, I do recall the umpires at the end of the game would go in and meet and greet with the players in the change rooms, have a cup of tea, whatever. Yep. It would be nice to think that maybe that could be brought back to the gather round where the umpires can come into the change rooms, have a bit of a chat with the boys.
2: Yep, I reckon that's nice. sensational, yep.
0: And in terms of a song suggestion, um, Old legend, I remember, good old Johnny O'Keefe. I reckon maybe you might want to try his song "Shout." Um, yeah, we'll get that. Before I start in the mornings when I get up, listen to you guys lift me and having that song—it's kind of a very rousing song. Yep. And finally, if you get a chance, being International Women's Day, yes, perhaps if your boys in the back to play a bit of "Shaking in the Tree" by Peter Gabriel. It's a beautiful song about women. Got oh, on you, Mick, hey Mick, where, where, were,
2: what game was that? Ninety-six that you?
1: <laughs> oh, you know well. You know. <laughs> you, you, you've, got all, you've got them. You've got all documented. Hey Mick, where's Fraser Rise? Um, do you know where Frankston is? Yeah, yeah. It's no. It's nowhere near there. <laughs> he
0: got you oh, he he doing, got you there. Doing a bit of he got you there. Whisper. Where is
1: it then, Mick? Uh, uh, do you know Caroline Springs? Yeah, I do. Nowhere near <laughs> yeah,
0: um, okay. there. Okay. No, no, no there, there was an area called Plumpton that the council in its wisdom subdivided into different areas and we're in the section called Fraser Rice. Right? Beautiful area.
2: Beautiful, okay. week. Hey, was. you're in the running for the Caller of the Year, Mickey. Uh, don't you worry about that. For the Caller of the Week initially and then in the Caller of the Year you could get yourself a Toyota Hilux Rogue.
1: When you started playing, were the umpires still coming into the rooms pre-game oh, and yeah. uh, meeting everybody Rangers. and checking your fingernails and, and your, your boots? boots? My word, they were word they were. My word they were. When did they, Did they still do that? No, I no, don't. No, 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 they wouldn't need to check the boots now because you have different stops. But back well, in the well, they're outlawed—the ones
2: that you used to put the in, screw ins, the ones that a um, what couple of your teammates used to used sharpen, to na- used to know. Na- used na- to sharpen <laughs> with a file in, to a put to a point.
1: Check your fingernails. Make sure you had no jewellery on.
2: After the break, how many? Too, how many is too many in a leadership group? The Wisp's got the Brisbane Lions firmly in his sights. breakfast with Gary and Tim. Very good point made by one of our astute listeners. Why is everyone saying that footy's coming back a week earlier than last year? I don't know. Well, I just asked uh, our team back back room boys there. Oh, Dunsell's looking at me with that that look, you know, that look he gets when he he's petrified, don't know what's going on. It was March 16 last year, 2022 season opener. Oh, silly duffer. <laughs> 11 in a leadership group. Is the uh, Brisbane Lions mo this year? They've got uh, Neil uh, Lockie Neal as the captain, with um, Harris Andrews co-captains, Hugh McCluggage. Then, in the <coughs> excuse me leadership group, Rich McCarthy, McInerney, Charlie Cameron, Dunkley, Barry Lester, and Gunston. Mm. What, what,
1: what what What's that? Well, my read of this is um, they went about choosing their captain in a slightly different way. Remember, well, they all thorough. sat down and uh, very thorough, they interviewed all of the candidates, those that had put their hand up. They opened it up to all the team to nominate themselves if they felt that oh, they yeah. wanted a leadership position. So yeah. I think as a result of that, maybe it was just something that uh, stood out. Remember, we spoke to Chrisy Fagan. He said he was really, really happy with... Yeah. how deeply some of the players felt about leadership. So as a result of that, they probably thought, okay, all these guys want to be a leader. Let's put them in a leadership group. What's the What's, what's what, it prove? Well, it doesn't prove anything other than you've got a lot of guys who are deeply committed to wanting to be a leader and be an example to their teammates in their team. And that's yeah. got to be a good thing. That's got to be a strong and positive thing.
2: Yeah, no, it's great. But do you have to put them in the leadership group? Can't you just say... Listen, we, I well, you could. we know that you're all good, young, aspiring leaders. We know that you you all hope one day to be leaders, but.
1: Yeah, you could do that. What's the. You know, you'd been the Debbie Downer here. What is the downside to this? Well, it, what is the negative connotation that you're trying to build about of, this?
2: There's a bit of participation certificate about it for me.
1: Oh, why do you say that?
2: Put your hand up. If you want to be a leader, yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. we will we'll whack you in the group.
1: Well, no, not necessarily. No. They're not saying that. They've gone through the whole process There's of sitting 11. down and interviewing these guys for over an hour, and they've thought, okay, wow, these guys really understand what leadership is about, well, and they're most- deeply committed to wanting to be part of the group. Yeah, well... So let's have a big leadership group. doesn't mean you have to go in the group, does it? No, it doesn't. How many has Essendon got? I don't know how many Essendon have got, but the point I made last week when we were talking about captains is that when you've got so many guys who could be your leader... That means that you've got a really strong, mature group of players. No, no,
2: I'm not arguing for the sake of arguing. I just wonder what purpose it serves to say you've got an
1: 11-man leadership group. I don't think there's any purpose. Well, why do it? Because, as I've just said to you, they've just decided that they've got all these guys who are capable of being part of a leadership group, so they've just opened the whole thing up. And maybe they think it's even better when you've got guys of that maturity and that experience to sit down, because these leaders deal with issues related to players that crop up from time to time. So maybe they thought, well, you know, if we have a problem, say a behavioural problem or something where we need to bring somebody into line, it's going to be really powerful for that person to sit in front of this group of 11 people and discuss the issue.
2: Do you you then wonder, does it not make you wonder why Zach Bailey's not in that
1: group? Well, there's the other part to all this, and that is the negative part to that. You look at it and say, okay, if there's 11 in there, why isn't Joe Danaher in there? He's been around footy a long time. No, no,
2: no, I get Joe Danaher because why? he probably says, I don't want to be in a leadership group. I've got, I got you know, enough on my plate to just get myself sorted, and I'm older and mature, but I'll be looking at Zach Bailey going, well,
1: why isn't he in it? But why do you point out Zach Bailey? Because well, he's a terrific young up-and-coming player. Well, why wouldn't you say the same thing about Joe Danaher? Look, he's, he's more, older. Well, he's a more experienced player. Why wouldn't you have somebody that's been around as long as Joe Danaher in your leadership Well, because every time oh, I be... watch him play, I haven't looked upon him as a leader. I don't know the ins and outs of him, but he doesn't strike me as a leader. But every time you watch Zach Bailey play, you think he does? Yeah. What about Cam Rayner then? You don't think he's got leadership qualities?
2: Uh, no, I'm going to work my way through the, <laughs> through the group. That's my point. You got eleven in. What's it saying about the blokes that aren't in? it? Maybe Cameron said, "I don't want to be in it either. I've got to get you know work my way
1: back from my knee, Rico." So it's. But maybe those guys, maybe those guys didn't put their hands up wanting to be the captain. Why of the not? Club. Because maybe they felt that they weren't confident enough in their own ability right now to be able to right. have that leadership. And that is absolutely fine. That is, I reckon that's a, that's a good you thing. You know what, I reckon we spend... What's Jack t- Gunson doing in there? What does he have to be in it for? Well, he doesn't have to be in it, but well, he clearly... Is. Well, yes, because he's... Well, look at his experience and where he's come from and the success he's had. Captain Obvious. He's a three-time premiership superstar. Does, what what difference are going to make to Jack Gunston whether he's in an eleven man leadership group? Well, make it probably makes no difference whatsoever. But I don't think you listened to what I had to say no, before, I'm, I'm and trying. that is, okay. So let's paint this picture. Yeah. Right. You got Cam Rayner. Yes. Who is misbehaving or whatever? Missed the training session. Whatever. The players are worried about his attitude. Yep. Would it not be a really strong positive thing to have somebody who has had the football experience of Jack Gunston to be sitting there listening with? listening with Cam Rayner and talking about okay we have to discipline this guy and having somebody to say well you know this is what we would have done at Hawthorne and over the years and we tried this but it didn't work but maybe we need to go this way don't you think that would be a positive thing for your club
2: yeah I do of course Jack gunson has got a wealth of um, knowledge and information he can do that without being the leadership group he can go in front uh, McCluggage and he can go in front Aris Andrews no, he can. and go in front Lockie Neal and they can say this this is this and by the way If you really want to find out, go and have a chat with Jack Gunson on the way out.
1: Yeah, no, you could do that, but you could do it in a more formal way like this too. Yep,
2: fair enough. Give us your thoughts. Jim's in Doncaster. Go, Jimmy.
3: Yeah, g'day, lads. How are you going? Very well, thank you. Look, uh, I'm not sure if this is a statement as much as a a question. It seems to me, I mean, it seems to be a bit of a trend. I'll put my hand up on the Tiger Man and and we've got Nank and, uh, and Grimes and his captains there it seems to me that all the captains that have been lauded over the last 25, 30 years, the captains that have been lauded as the truly great captains are, uh, I think, uh, Luke Hodge, Michael Voss, Trent Cotchen, Stephen and all, all the great, great... They've never been co-captains. We've had a lot of co-captains, but it's never been a captain from a two-man co-captain uh, ticket, if that makes sense. It's always been a... And Joel Selwood, always been an outright leader. Tom Harley has never been one of the two. It's not like uh, anybody said, oh, you know, Curvis is great, but Graham's not so bad. You know, we, we like Curvis better. So I, I don't know if uh, Gary's wrong, Tim. I think uh, men like to gather around behind one iconic figure and they walk taller in the concept of a leader. And I think Gary's right. Uh, it's of, his kind of participation squad stuff. And I, I think he's probably... Correct, you can do it without actually having to formalise it, I think. No, I don't think
2: there's a right or wrong, Jimmy, because the Sydney Swans won a premiership with co-captains as well. So the time, the time's changed, you know, over the past 10, 15, mm. 20 years. It just used to be accepted that there was a captain, a vice-captain, and maybe a deputy if you wanted to get a bit exotic. I understand the change. Um, it's just an interesting point, the 11.
1: Yeah, it is, but there's no negativity attached to it anyway. I like, What would be negative about it?
2: Um, well, as I said earlier, does it diminish a little bit?
1: Um, the role of the captain? The role they've, got of, co- they've got
2: co-captains anyway. Yeah, no, they have. Yep. Um, International Women's Day, I want you to – it's the 7.30. We've got 7.30 news coming up, and it is we, – we celebrate uh, women. We celebrate women in sport. We're a sports program here, so the top ten – Sporting figures to come up from you will be fantastic. Um, we've got, when you look through, and there's lists in the age, and there's been lists in the Herald Sun, there's mm. just an unbelievable uh, wealth of women in sport locally, domestically, yep. and on the international stage. Australian women are just dominating. So I'm looking forward to the Wisps
1: top 10. Yes, and uh, you've thought deeply about this too. What does International Women's Day mean to you? Respect. Yep. Respect and uh, taking the... The time to acknowledge.
2: pause and acknowledge the giant strides that have been taken in recent times, and we as men are in no great position to understand what it's been like, but it would appear that there's an, an increasing push for some parity in all things, which is a good thing.
1: Ah, oh, magnificent thing. Had a message come through that Alistair Lynch
2: and Michael Voss were co-captains uh, back in the day. They certainly were. I'm having a look at it. They were co-captains. Uh, right up until the end of 2000, and, and then they made Vossi the single captain. And they won three flags in a <laughs> row. <laughs> I hope Lynchy's not listening. <laughs> you rest
1: your case, do you? No,
2: I don't. Lynchy's a superstar. I love him. But um, yeah, times change. Everything's different, and it's just a good discussion point.
1: You're talking. You're a big fashion man, and uh, I follow so I you. Uh, I follow you. No, I follow you. And uh, I just want. Are you aware of the new high, the high waister with the, I'm the buckle? A, I'm not at that. Uh, you're not, not going man. in that. No. You're not going in that direction. No, yeah. That's the new fashion. The Gurkha. It's a gurkha style trouser with sort of like a buckle at the top, and it's a double pleater. You're not going to be a wearing gur- those. A gurkin. It's a Gurkha. A Gurkha style trouser—that's what they call them. I don't like a high. Are weight. you going to be heading down that? I don't know.
2: Not on on first description. No, I won't be. But I don't. I'm not really. You're not going to rule it out. I'm though, not right? across exactly what you're talking about. But a high waisted pant, as a rule. Is an uncomfortable moose knuckle tile set-up.
1: Well, so- you know why it's good, though, for all the blokes out there listening, what? is because as you get a bit more sort of tummy and a little bit more girth, it actually oh, hides that really got, well. No, that's, that that that's would the suit
2: thing. me if that's the case. <laughs> I've got a bit more tummy. No question about that.
1: No, you're in good shape at the moment. <laughs> um, you're not showroom, but you're in you're – in, um, what's next to showroom? You're yeah. off to the side,
2: and news came out. When
1: Panch had his dealership, right? So yeah. he had the brand new, spanking brand new ones in the showroom, yeah. and the, the ones, that were, the ones that was slightly used or the demo. demos. Where were they? That's
2: no, a demo. They'd, oh, you're uh, a demo. I'm yeah. a demo.
1: Yeah. No, you're more of a demo. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. You got a couple of miles on the clock.
2: <laughs> Is it? Well, actually, we want to get our health and nutrition. Now, I'm interested in this because I do, I do a lot of reading on it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's confusing out there. If you if you want to be Healthy, and you want to you know, watch what you eat yeah. and monitor your weight and all those things. And when you get past 50, let me tell you, for the men and women, I'm mm. assuming it's the same. It's
1: it's, harder to keep it off. Yeah.
2: There's talk about the fasting, how you don't eat, mm. you shouldn't eat until lunchtime. Mm. And others say that, that breakfast is the most important meal of the day because it mm. gets your metabolism going. It's it's just. There's a, so many so different, different views. And, and
1: I was reading Chinese report. I read a lot of the Chinese stuff about what they do. Why do you do that? Because at China Sally. No, 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 no! Because China Kelly, it is. Um, well, be- you got a new one. They you know, got a new masseuse. <laughs> yes. If it was China Kelly, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, <laughs> that's not Gary. <laughs> you told me. <laughs> Have you got two
2: <laughs> masseuses now? Have you branched
1: out <laughs> into dual masseuses? Let's get back to what we're talking about. Okay, so we're talking about uh, dietary and. Um, Uh, tummy and all that type of thing, you don't – what they do, what they suggest you do is that you eat within – you know, people talk about fasting, but they think that because your metabolism starts to speed up around between about 9 a.m. to 11 o'clock, that is the peak time to be eating a meal, and then don't eat – no. If you can if you can avoid eating after seven o'clock at night, we'll see all that stuff that you had at the French very expensive French restaurant last night would have been just sitting in your gut all night. Right,
3: we'll get back to this.